Well, Mr. Raji, we could save you hunters by doing a discount double check. Not you too, Raji. You're on my team. You know that's my move. The discount double check? No, that's my touchdown dance, man. Here we go again. Sir, you're not even doing it right. Raji, drop it. Show me what you got, what you got, Raji. What is this? Come on now. You said you were a dancer. Where are you going, buddy? Come on back. You could save big. Discount double check. Discount double check now! Get to a better state. State Farm. Giants looking for a stop. What the hell's going on out here? They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. Welcome back to Blue Cheese Radio, everybody. After a a gut-wrenching loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers are now in no man's land. It's do-or-die time for the green and gold. For Brett Hundley, hell, for Aaron Rodgers. We might might not see Aaron Rodgers the rest of the year if uh, if we don't win these next two games. Uh, So, is it time to run the table yet again? Are we really going back to that again this year? Uh, it looks like it's that's the way it's going to have to be. Um, if we if we if we have any hope whatsoever of getting into the playoffs uh, this year, uh, it, it it looks pretty slim though, especially with as good as the the NFC uh, looks to be. Um, you know, there's 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 still what five weeks left, something like that. But I don't know. We're gonna get into that. And a whole lot more. We missed we missed a week last week for Thanksgiving. Busy week last week, so we didn't get to cover the, the Ravens blowout. Thank God. There wasn't much to talk about about that game anyway, but there's plenty to talk about with this game. And here to do it with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. You all love him. You all know him. It's Titletown, Ty. Ty, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing good, Mike. I know we've, we've had a little time off. It was, like you said, a very busy week last week. Lots going on. It's it's finals time for me with my my schooling, but we're here. We're ready to dive into this because, like you said, we got a lot to talk about just from the Steelers game. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I said, there wasn't that much to talk about from that Ravens game. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could come up with a lot, but we we don't need to. <laughs> Nothing points wise. That no. was a uh, god. That was terrible. At home, nonetheless. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, we'll move on past that to a much better showing in Pittsburgh. Uh, a game that I think everyone was expecting, you know, for the Packers to be down and out and pretty much blown out by well, uh, by halftime. I mean, they were um, a 14-point underdog going into the game. Yeah. Uh, it's... <laughs> It was a hell of a game. It was a tough well, loss, but man, it was a it was an entertaining game to watch. It was a lot more than I was expecting. Oh, definitely. And you know, we saw some 
we saw a lot of good things, a lot of new good things that we haven't really gotten any sight of in the past, but we saw a lot of bad as well, at least from what I took notes on, that seems to be the same bad that keeps creeping up time after time with this team. Yeah, and we also saw, uh, from from my end of it, you know, uh, it seemed like McCarthy was a little desperate in this game. And I know he, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He wanted to go into Pittsburgh and, and win. I don't think he's ever won in Pittsburgh. Hell, I, I think the only so. time I think the only time he's beaten the Steelers was in the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, which I mean, you know, that that's <laughs> that's all right. You know, that that's okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, you, you could tell he really wanted this game bad, and you could that fifty-seven yard field goal by Mason Crosby. That decision was that was a head scratcher, and that just reeked of desperation, in my opinion. But. I've got a slightly different take on it than you do, but I'll save it for our, our game review. Awesome. I'm excited here because, to me, it, it reeked 100%. It's still negative. Of, don't, of don't get too excited. It's still negative. <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to bring me up. I thought you were going to cheer me up <laughs> and be like, no, it was part of the master plan that Mike McCarthy had set. Oh, there's no master plan. Motion. I don't believe there's any plan anymore. <laughs> it does look like the wheels are starting to to loosen up a little bit here. The lug nuts are starting to fall. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the to the game. Uh, look ahead to the Tampa Bay game coming up this Sunday. The do or die. The playoffs start now for the Packers, and it starts uh, this Sunday at home against Tampa Bay, our old rivals, Battle of the Bay, Tampa Bay, uh, coming old in. Will NFC we see Central? Yeah, the old NFC Central. Will we see Jameis Winston? Will we see Ryan Fitzpatrick? Can the Packers stop Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson? Uh, we'll get into that and, uh, and, of course, get to our stat lines for this week. Um, but first, as we do every show, it's time for our NFC North Power Rankings for Week 11. Uh, I will go first this time. I think you went All first right. on the last episode, if I remember correctly. But um, I'll start from the bottom and head up. Pretty much the same rankings uh, that we've had for pretty much the last month. Uh, number four, I got the Chicago Bears at three and eight. Basement Bears, living up to their name. They just got completely just obliterated by the oh, Philadelphia I Eagles. They were get blanked. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad. Um, you know, the Eagles are doing that to to quite a few teams this year. Oh, yeah. But whew, that was a tough beating. But you know, the Bears three and eight. They're in the basement. Packers at number three at five and six. Great showing by the Pittsburgh Steelers, or against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. Uh, Brett Hundley played the, probably the game of his of his career. Um, Devontae Adams, pay that man already. And yeah. I thought the you know I thought the defense played pretty well overall. They they kind of they you know so you know things are looking up as much as they can at 5 and 6 but i think over these next two games you're it's really going to be the tell of the season we got to win these next two and possibly get Aaron Rodgers back to to make a run but right now i got him at, at number 3 at 5 and 6 and i got the lions at number 2 uh, 6 and 5 they lost on thanksgiving to the vikings who i have at number 1 at 9 and 2 hard to argue with the vikings being uh number 1 that defense is just Nasty. That defense is really good. Yeah, that defense is really good. And Case Keenum is 
He's having that he's having that year where I'm sure he'll go somewhere else next year and get, you know, get paid. He'll get some ridiculous contract that he'll never live up to, but it's just like everything's clicking for Minnesota right now. And uh, as we've said all year long, the Lions it's just week to week. It's up and down for that team. Yeah. Um so so there yeah, there you go. Uh, pretty much the same <laughs> same rankings. Not a lot of movement this year. There was if I remember correctly last year, there was a lot of movement. Week yeah, to there week was a with lot them, of shifting rankings. last year. This year has been pretty static. And uh, to get into mind, you know, I'll start at the bottom the same way. The Bears, they're still in the basement sitting at 3-8. Absolutely just blasted by the Eagles. Um, not much to say there. Like I said, with Green Bay, they're at number three. They, they showed me some good. They showed me some of the same old bad. The defense still can't get off the field on third down. And it's just it's bad. Um, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to say as far as where they're in the rankings. They are what they are right now, mm-hmm. I believe. And I, I would like to say the team goes as Hunley goes, but Hunley played really well for the most part on Sunday, and they just couldn't overcome that last drive by the Steelers. The Lions, I've got at number two. They look really good one week they look so-so the next week i don't really know what to make of them as much they're just one of those teams that are just kind of there they're in the thick of it yeah but i don't think they're gonna do anything significant this year and as much as i still hate to say it i've got the vikings at number one at nine and two that defense is just absolutely nasty and you know you say case keenum's gonna go out and get a contract somewhere else but i've actually from what I've seen and heard, there are even possible rumblings of the Vikings looking at shopping Teddy Bridgewater on the trade market mm, to to stick a, with Keenum. Yeah, that's a possibility. But they, they also have Sam Bradford. You got to remember that they do. do, you but do I mean, they're, they're winning with Keenum is the thing. Yeah, so, and as much as that, as much as they have had trouble, I just I just don't buy into Case Keenum. Case I Keenum. don't really either. But this is also Minnesota. This is also the team that they're not that far removed from old man Gus Farratt being their starter. You want a hot take? Give me a hot take. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. At this time next year, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings will not be Case Keenum, it will not be Teddy Bridgewater, and it will not be Sam Bradford. Ooh, ooh that's interesting. I yeah. can see it, though. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Uh, I I just that's just to me that's what the Vikings are. They're a really good defense. They got a run game. They got some weapons, but they've just never had that quarterback. And it just seems like every. It's like, I don't know. I I just I don't think it'll be any, either any of them. Whether it be due to injury, whether it be due to trades, whether it be doing you know to letting a guy go. I, I I just don't. I think I'm telling you that's the way the Vikings are. They it's year to year with those guys. I think Sam Bradford needs to retire. Yeah. The, I, mean, I mean, I don't even remember. I mean, he got injured. I don't even remember how he got injured. It was just like. He got mid-way. out of bed and started to walk. <laughs> Dude, his knees are bad. He started to move one day and he was like, oh, shit, I can't play. I mean, it's Because like I remember the, it was like after week one, it was just like in the middle of the week. It was like, oh, I don't think Sam Bradford's going to be able to play this week. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it's just he's just been disappeared the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like that episode of The Office when. Uh, 
Daryl turns down the executive training program to play on this company softball team. It's like, I got all my life to be an executive, but I only got about a year left in these knees, though. <laughs> exactly. Sam Bradford ain't got a year left in those knees. God. But, yeah, I mean, that, that does it for my rankings. I mean, they're exactly the same. I honestly think they're going to stay the same for the rest of the season. You think so? At this point, you think- yeah. I, at, you know, and I'll, You don't I'll see get a in, run coming. You don't see I'll, the Packers running the table one last time. I'll get into it a little later because it kind of <laughs> ties in with the Steelers game and a lot of the things that I saw watching the game. Because that's the first game, I'll be honest, that I've really sat down and watched really hard. Yeah. Well, you know, since living, Rogers went down. Yeah, not being, you know, and not being like that. I was the same way, and it's like that was the first game that I was able to sit down and just watch live. I wouldn't, I didn't have to go back and watch like a condensed yeah. version or watch, you know, clips or whatever. And you know, not living in Green Bay or Wisconsin or even close to that area, living, you know, in Kentucky or Indiana. Like, it's hard to catch a Packers game these days, <laughs> you it, it know, unless be. you're in the market. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like with the Ravens game, I started and I quit. I couldn't yeah. handle it. Yeah. This game, though, you know, and I watched the Lions game. That one I, I really took in for the most part. But this game, I was – zoned in I was ready I was watching it I was taking note of different things watching different particular players and I just I saw some things that I just don't think are going to get corrected well enough whether Rodgers comes back or not that we're going to do anything for this year alright well let's stop tickling the people's asses with the feather and let's let's get into it let's first um, the news not not a lot of news the a lot of marijuana news. <laughs> uh, this is you know this is I think it was last week or whatever. But Aaron Jones did get arrested for marijuana possession right um, before the Dallas game. Yeah, um, he's dealing with the injury anyway, so he would have been out one way or the other. Um, I don't know, man. Lance Kendrick's kind of in the same deal. He got a, a DUI. Was it a DUI or a speeding ticket? It was a speeding ticket. He said it was he, – he got the speeding ticket. That was it. They went their separate ways. He was never cited for DUI or possession or anything. Okay. Well, you don't deny that he was smoking. He just didn't get a ticket for it. <laughs> and And as I said, can you really blame either one of them? This year, after this season, like – I. I would just be passing joints around in that locker room right now, just like, eh, say love you. <laughs> I mean, you, you speak of, you do? speaking of injuries, the Patriots placed Martellus Bennett on injured reserve for the year. Oh, maybe he wasn't full of shit. Well, I still think he was full of shit. I just think that he's, you know, wasn't even as good as at that point as they thought he was either. Like, yeah, we're just we're just going to stick you over here. Huh, that's that's a good point too. Maybe maybe he just maybe just he I don't know. He just sucks now. I don't know. Maybe he's just hit the wall. Yeah. And the Patriots got, you know, suckered into picking him up and then they saw that he wasn't quite what he used to be and 
And they just they said, said, well, all right. Pass. <laughs> Go have your surgery. Go ahead, man. We'll, yeah. we'll get by without you. Trust me. Yeah, and, and the only um, news transaction-wise this week as far as the Packers go, um, today, which for any of you listening, it'll be Friday, was Wednesday. On Wednesday, the Packers added one more player to their practice squad to bring the total to nine. They added, uh, see, where was it? I just had it pulled up here. Um, Ahmad Thomas. He yeah, played yeah, safety at Oklahoma. Had 39 starts, 51 total games. Not bad stats at all. I mean, he had 223 tackles, five for loss, four picks, and two and a half sacks as a safety. Spent a little time with the Raiders earlier this year. But the Packers, actually, interestingly enough, have him listed at linebacker, which he's listed at six foot 220. So he's kind of built in the same mold body-wise as Josh Jones. So I'd imagine yeah. he would play an off-ball linebacker role if he comes up off the practice squad. But uh, I think the team is really starting to go all in on that position. Yeah, I think so, too. Really I think I know, there are a number of teams like that. And, you know, it's just the way <laughs> it's the way the league's going now. Oh, yeah. You have safeties playing linebacker. Um, oh, Sue Cravens. Yeah, he, he. I think he retired. Did he actually retire? I think he ended up retiring. Oh, well. I, I guess we didn't miss anything then. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of a... Yeah. Missed that bullet, you know. Um, oh, well. Yeah, well. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this game. We Apparently, we got a lot, to, a lot on our minds to get off our chest. Uh, Packers came off the shutout win... Or the shutout loss to the Ravens. You're thinking about old games. <laughs> when was the last time we back to the present? When was the last time we pitched oh God, a shutout? The last I'd time I can remember was was the Jets game the year we won the Super Bowl. We beat the Jets like nine to nothing or something. Uh, I think that was the last time that I can remember. I'm not even sure that we beat the, them nine to nothing because that was in New York, and it was only field goals. There were no touchdowns scored that day. I think it ended up being nine to three. I'm pretty sure it was nine to nothing, nine to zero. Oh, we'll we'll get again. I'm I'm already looking it up. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> Alexa. When was the last time the Packers shut out an opponent? Alexa doesn't know either. We just got we just got an, uh, one of those Alexa Amazon things, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been I've been messing with it for since the past couple of days. It's pretty it's pretty cool. You just tell her to play music, and it, it, it's pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure it was the Jets. Let's see but here, it doesn't matter. That was that was a that was a you know a moon ago. So yeah, it's it's been a good piece. Um, yeah, it's been a regular a cold season. Minute. Uh, Jets, Jets, where are you, Jets? Bills. No, you're right. You are correct, sir. Nine to nothing at the new yeah. Meadowlands Stadium. Yeah, because I remember the Jets were driving. It was six to nothing. The Jets were driving, 
And I think it was Charles Woodson forced a fumble deep in Packers territory. When they still had the Sanchez at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Rex Ryan was still the the, the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that game because that was a hard game to watch. (laughs) It was a very defensive game. Yeah. Yeah. But But, uh, getting into this one, though. I'll take a bow. Yeah, yeah, pat yourself this on was, the back for that one. This wasn't a nine nothing game. I am correct, sir. But yeah, looking at it, the the Packers fall to last last minute field goal, fifty three yarder by Chris Boswell. Steelers thirty one, <sighs> Packers twenty eight. It was heartbreaking. It's like the Packers had every chance in the world to win this game, and well, they just and, fell short. The Steelers did mean, everything they could to hand the game over to us, and we, and we still. Couldn't. I'm, I'm not one for moral victories. I don't believe in moral victories. You win or you lose, period. And I mean, we're not the Browns. We don't we don't deal in moral victories. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, this this is a loss. There are good things to take away from it. I'm not calling anything a victory. I refuse. But the biggest thing for me to take away was the play of Brett Hundley. Yeah, Brett Hundley Definitely his best performance as a Packer. 17-25, 245 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. That's the big thing. It's a 134 rating. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I mean, he played very well. But I have to ask, stats look good. He made plays when he needed, especially on that last uh, touchdown drive that they got right at the two-minute warning when they got yeah. the touchdown. That was a great drive by Hundley. Give him yeah, all, all the credit impressive. in the world. But was his performance more uh, because of because of Hunley, or was it just more luck than anything? Because a lot of those, the screen pass to Jamal Williams, the the touchdown pass to Cobb, uh, the touchdown pass to Adams, like that, you know. You know, when Adams gets open, Adams gets open. I don't think there's any luck involved there. I think that's Adam's skill because he's good. Yeah. That's been established. I'll I'll give him the Adam's touchdown, but the the Cobb Cobb touchdown was a blown coverage, and the Jamal Williams screen pass was You know, that Jamal Williams screen pass was perfectly blocked. Absolutely. That was the thing of beauty. Corey Lindsley got out there and laid the block to really spring him loose, and that, that looked like the Williams that we saw on the BYU tape. Yeah, who knew the Jamal Williams could turn the burners on like that? I mean, he's been waiting to break break something big, and it just happened to come on a screen pass. But, I mean, if you go back and look at his tape at BYU, you see a lot of that. You see him producing on a lot of screens, which is yeah, fun. But I, we, just, we just hadn't we, seen that yet. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, in the one to Cobb, I think that was just really heads up by Hundley to notice that he was that open. Yeah, that's true. Because um, I don't know if you remember, I guess it was... Uh, which game was it? See, the Saints game was the Detroit. It was early. It was one of Hunley's first two starts. I can't remember. Um, but there was the... You know, he there was this one play where he had... I guess it was Nelson wide open over the middle. Yeah. And, you know, blocking looked good, but he missed Nelson. He ended up getting a sack or whatever. Like, uh... You, that's that's where Hunley's fallen short to me uh, at this well, point. Yeah, and that's like even... even but you're right, play, he took uh, advantage of it in this game. 
Yeah. I mean, and even we're still seeing that in this game because um, there was one play, I think it was on the last drive. May have been when he took the sack from TJ Watt when he got hit in the face. He had Richard oh, Rogers yeah. uncovered. And he has to see that. No, it may not have gone for a first down, but he had him uncovered. Yeah. You know, Watt was spying him. He was the only one in the area. He's got to get that hot read, and he's just not not quite always doing that yet. He's not seeing everything the way you want him to. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not willing to sit here and say that most of his good game was luck because I think he played really well. He was accurate for the most part. He showed a little more zip and a little more decisiveness to his throws. There were still quite a few like the uh, the throw that he put to Jordy that Watt actually defended the one he swatted down. Yeah, Had he thrown that ball a tick earlier before Nelson tried to make a break on it, I feel like that would have been a catch just because of the timing. He just... <sighs> He's still got think, a lot to work on. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Hunley's biggest issue right now is, is, and it has been this entire run, but you could see where, especially on the last drive, the last touchdown drive, and at certain points in the game, especially later in the fourth quarter, because what the Steelers are doing, they were they were bringing down that, that slot, uh, slot corner and blitzing them, yeah. and it was killing them every single time. And finally... Hunley says, okay, you're going to blitz the corner. I'm just going to get rid of the ball to the receiver that that corner is supposed to be covering. He started doing that and just kind of letting it rip. And that's, yeah. you know, that's when that drive started getting into gear. Um, but a lot of, but a lot of his problem is indecision where he doesn't trust what he doesn't trust what he's seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. And what, but you could see like when he is decisive and he just says, I'm letting this sucker go. He looked pretty good, but I think well, his I mean, biggest issue is just that he's still, and I guess that's just part of you know being a young quarterback and and just yeah. still having a lot to learn. Well, and that's the thing is, there was no way we could expect Hundley to come out and be Aaron Rodgers, even sitting three years like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> sat or two and a half, whatever, because yeah. practice they have so much less practice time now, yeah, than they did even when Rodgers was drafted. And let's face it, Hunley is not the, no, the talent that Aaron Rodgers is. No, he's not a first-round talent, but these practice reps and whatnot are no substitution for game reps. No. It's a whole different speed. It's a whole different deal. Not even the preseason is a substitution for game reps anymore because everything is vanilla. There's no game plan. You're not playing the starters. And it's it's a different deal. It's a whole different thing. And... I feel like part of the problem up until this Steelers game has been Mike McCarthy's unwillingness to acknowledge that. I don't know that Mike McCarthy really knew what he had with Brett Hundley as well as he thought he did. I mean, how could you know? I mean, this is Hundley's first I mean, exa- real game action. Exactly. And I think McCarthy thought that he knew more. I think McCarthy thought he had a better feel for what Hunley had to offer and what he could do than what he actually did. 
Well, do you think there's a level of like uh, a level of pampering or babying Maybe. the quarterback? Yeah, like the quarterback position in Green Bay, you go from Aaron Rod- or from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and I just remember, I remember in preseason watching Hundley play, and I was just I was not very I was not impressed. I I, I didn't think he looked. I didn't think he looked good. I'll just say that. I didn't think he looked completely shitty. But I didn't think he looked good. But then, like, I would listen to other podcasts or read stuff and, and be like, oh, Brett Hundley looked really good. And I'm like, uh, what What did I see? Like, what? Well, were you watching a different game than I did? People yeah. are, but it seemed like, you think maybe that's part of the, the mentality of where McCarthy was, I don't know. I, it's just, there's always been this weird, like, oh, Hundley looked really good. And I'm, and for me, it was just like ah, I don't think so. I think Smoke and Joe look better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, maybe I'm Humley, wrong, but with Humley, he's he's big, he's athletic. He was given more run pass options in this game, mm-hmm. which was great for him because he's not bad at his pre snap reads. He's actually not bad at calling audibles and checks at the line. The um the Aaron Jones big run against the Saints for the touchdown was a check. So, I mean, he he's smart enough to know what's there. It's just a lot of the times at this point after the snap, when everything starts to move, he's still too indecisive on most of his progressions and deciding where he wants to go with the ball. Yeah, I mean, you can tell by just listening to him talk and, and post-game press conferences, interviews, stuff like that. He's a smart guy. He's got the, oh, yeah. the, the, the mental aspect of the game. I, I don't have any problem. I don't think he's an idiot out there, you know, doesn't no. know what he's doing. I just think, like like going back, I think it's just indecisive, right? indecision right now. Uh, well, and one thing, the other thing I did notice about Hunley's game that I was really impressed with was – I think they got they got through to him fondly on saying, hey, you can't just bail out every time. You can't yeah. just run backwards and bail out and run to your right. He did a much better job of stepping up into the pocket, trying to buy a little more time in the pocket when he needed to and trying to avoid pressure that way. Yeah, he still held the ball too long, but Aaron Rodgers holds the ball too long too, so I can't criticize him for that. But... Uh, yeah, that that was another thing that I really took note of with Hunley was his willingness to stand tall in the pocket and step up to avoid pressure as opposed to just bailing on the play and hoping to God something happened in his favor. Yeah. Yeah, um I don't know. It was definitely Hunley's best performance as a Packer. Uh but you touched on it a minute ago, the hit on Hunley at the end of the game by by TJ Watt. Uh, helmet to helmet, I think we'll agree. Oh yeah, yeah. Why wasn't it called? I, I have no idea. I felt the same way about that helmet to helmet shot as I did and still do about the no call face mask in the playoff game against Arizona. Oh yeah, which I it mean should have been called. This was not one of those situations where it's like, oh, let them play. This isn't a corner and a receiver fighting down the sideline. Watt came down. Hunley was tucking up, trying to absorb the hit. He had not become a runner. And if player safety is what the league's concern is, whether the quarterback becomes a runner or not, 
shouldn't matter. A helmet shot is a helmet shot. Yeah, and he was technically still in the pocket, too. Yeah, he was. So He never broke the pocket. So I don't know why it wasn't called. We should find out by Friday or, you know, by whenever everybody's hearing this podcast whether or not Watt will get fined. I don't know. It was just—it was so weird. It was such an obvious helmet to helmet. As soon as it happened, you were like, "Well, geez, that had to be helmet to helmet." Did you hear that? And then they show the well, replay, I mean, and it's like you know Watts leading with the helmet. Exactly. And, like okay, why well, wouldn't like if you know if that was Aaron Rodgers, not Brett Hundley? I'm sure there would have been a call. Maybe if that's that part was of Tom maybe Brady. That's part, there would have been police on the field. Oh, if. <laughs> that was Tom Brady, they would have sent T.J. Watt to jail. No, there's no yeah. question about that. Um, but, you know, I wonder if that's just part of, like, the politicking of football. You know, like, where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, will go out and be a little buddy-buddy with the with the rest. Favre used to do it. Brady does it. You know, Peyton used to do it. Um, maybe that's a maybe that's an aspect of, of the game that Hundley needs to learn how to how to kiss these refs ass a little bit to get a few calls to go your way <laughs> you know what's well, the same thing you see in basketball I mean you know you see if you're a star you're gonna get the call more often than a guy who's not yeah you know you're gonna see LeBron James get the call if he gets smacked for a foul more times than you're going to see Joe Blow coming in off the bench giving somebody relief minutes at the end of a game. Hey, I like Joe Blow. He was a he was a hell of a guard <laughs> at uh, San Diego State. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I thought it was. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. I mean, hell, the officials can well, come no, out. I mean, I don't. I don't come out like and say, yeah, we game. blew that one. It ain't going to be anything, but. Um, it's not the fail Mary or anything. No, no, that but it should have been called. Should have been called. Uh, I I just found it weird that it, it wasn't wasn't even discussed. It was just like, oh, good tackle. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. So uh, much for well, that I mean, in an era talk. where if a guy goes up to try to swat a pass down and his hand <laughs> grazes the quarterback's helmet. Oh yeah. Then yeah, I I, I, mean, I that's saw a flag. Uh, I don't even remember what game it was, but I was watching a game the other day where a guy just leaped up and his hand just happened to come down on on the quarterback's helmet, and, and they, they called a penalty on that. So I don't know. I don't know what the hell is a penalty anymore uh, on a lot of these. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I do know, I do know of a quarterback uh, who didn't get any helmet to helmet hits and really didn't get any hits at all, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Um, oh God. The, Zero pass rush from the Packers. Only one sack in this game by Mike Daniels, of course. Only two hits. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was... Where Where I mean, is our pass rush gone? Is Clay Matthews just done? I mean... Well, I mean, Clay Matthews didn't play. Do what? I just... I don't know, man. I mean, and who would have thought... Who would have thought going into this year that the inside linebackers would be the group showing out more than the outside linebackers. Well, I mean... I mean that's what's happening. Yeah. Blake Martinez is flying around getting 15 tackles. Oh, 15 tackles in this game. 12 solo, one for a loss, and one pass defense. And the interception. And a fumble recovery. <laughs> and a fumble recovery. 
That dude's have been yourself just a day money like Martinez. Oh, he's had like and, a, you know, a solid just, month of good play. Well, and I he's had a year of good play so far. And I just read an article True. on him the other day talking about comparing himself to the great linebackers in the league. And he said it's it's the game changing plays that he's looking for now, like the interceptions, the force fumbles, the fumble recoveries. Well, dude, you're getting it. Yeah. Just go ahead and bump yourself up. You keep this up. He's a pro bowler. Yeah, I think he's definitely getting there. He, he's definitely close to a Pro Bowl this year. I don't um, think he gets in this year, but if he continues to do what so. he's doing and carries it into next year, he won't just be a Pro Bowler, but I think he'll be at least second team All-Pro if he carries all this through the rest of the year into next year. Yeah. He yeah. definitely deserves it. Dude's been playing out of his mind. He, he's made us forget all about the senior Jake Ryan. <laughs> you know, and Jake Ryan actually had a good game as well. I think he was second yeah. on the team with tackles, but you you wouldn't tell by watching the game. It was just like Blake Martinez in on an every play, and yeah, he missed a couple of tackles, and it's going to happen when you're going against Le'Veon Bell and you know those types. You know, you're going to miss a few tackles. That um, dude, I swear, when he touches the ball, Tom stops for just a second, just for him, it, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go here." And he has everything Dude. figured out before anybody else does. It's ridiculous. Dude, it definitely seems like it. That dude is really good. And if, if Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh lets him go after this year... Oh. If they let the him thing, go after this year, they need to fire everybody in that office. Yeah, but that's the thing with running backs, though. It's almost like you kind of got to be smart because you never know when they're going to hit the wall. And Bell gets a lot of carries every year. He gets a He's lot still of work relatively every young, year. Though. Yeah, but that, that even still, like, you hit the wall hard. Like, you can look at, um, like, go back to, like, Larry, uh, Larry Johnson with the Chiefs. Like, one year he was really yeah. just something special. And then the next year it was just like, done. Sean Alexander, MVP year one year, next Priest year, Holmes. done. Priest Holmes. You go through the list, it happens to everybody. That's the thing with running backs. It's almost like this day and age, you just got to draft a new running back every four years. Everybody know? on the Seahawks roster. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie Lacy actually looked pretty good this week compared to the rest of the Yahoos they got playing running back. He actually looked pretty decent. <sighs> Because I watched some of that game. Um, but, you know, go back to the, the Packers pass rush or the, the lack thereof. Um, we got nothing. We got nothing uh, out of our pass rush. And, you know, we got a, a good look up close at T.J. Watt. Did T, did Ted Thompson make a mistake by passing on T.J. Watt in the draft? Because, to me, it looks like we could really use a guy like T.J. Watt right now on our pass rush. Possibly we more could. than we than we could could have used Kevin King. Especially I just since, don't know, man. Especially since Randall like has come back and played so well. Like hindsight 30, 2020, but you know. Yeah, but at the same time, and there's such a crop of edge rushers in college now. I mean, it, it's become such a premier position that you get freaks and they they put the athletic freaks on the edge now in college. But how many of them, but and how many of them really turn into anything in the no, NFL? I, I know I get what you're saying, but also I mean, how TJ many, Watt how though often to do me you have the chance watching, to get a six three corner that's a freak athlete. 
Well, I mean, the thing with T.J. Watt, though, is, yeah, he can rush the passer, but as we saw on the pass oh, break... he's good I in mean, coverage. He covered Jordy Nelson in the slot, you know. Uh, <laughs> the but dude, I also the dude don't a, know how much dude, that's T.J. A, Watt. And if, if. The dude A could have been the next Clay Matthews on this team. He can do everything Clay Matthews does. He's got that same kind of pedigree. He's got it in his blood, the, the, the genes, the Watt family. I mean, the dude's just genetically predisposed to do that. Um, and he, was from, he went to Wisconsin. It was, it was a friggin' just an excuse to print money for four years for the Packers. They could have sold who knows how many jerseys. I mean, it was just a dumb, financially a dumb move by Ted Thompson. I think it was a mistake. I'll go ahead and come out and say it. I would rather have T.J. Watt than Kevin King at this point. I'm I'm going to plead the fifth and reserve judgment until a couple years down the road. I said at I this have... point. <laughs> at this point. I could, you know, it could be the complete opposite. Kevin King could be the next Richard Sherman or whatever. But at this I mean, point, from what I've seen longer. from both of them, uh, I think T.J. Watt is just a special kind of player. I think he is too. I'm not going to deny that. I just also think it takes a little longer generally for a, a corner to show what he's going to be. Especially yeah. one with, you know, he's dealt with some injury here and there. I just hope that's not a, a continuing trend, as it seems to be with a lot of our players. But um, I just, I'm holding out hope that Kevin King lives up to his athletic potential because the dude is huge for a corner, and he's fast. So I just, I don't know. I'm I'm really torn on it. Well, see, I guess there's two sides of the coin. Kevin King can be as great of a corner as you want him to be. He could be Deion Sanders. But if there's no pass rush, it ain't going to matter. So that's where, I'm on the kinda, other side that's of where that, I would lean T.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But on the other side, I mean, what good's having a pass rush if everybody's open? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's true, too. But, I mean, it, it's also... I've seen I've seen good defenses. A good defense, I mean, the keystone of a good defense is a good pass rush, first and foremost. You look at the Bears. The Bears, the 85 Bears, the pass rush was the key. They didn't have, like, shutdown corners or anything. It was just the fact that their pass rush, you didn't have time in the pocket to, to throw the ball or let guys get open. Um, yeah. So, I, and, you know, I, you see, I've, I, you know, living, you know, an hour from Nashville, you grow up. You know, so watching the the old Titans in '99 with the freak Javon Curse and the, the pass rush with Albert Hainsworth at one point—that was the thing. They didn't have that defense. Didn't have a good secondary. Really, they had what Cortland Finnegan and Michael Griffin and you know a bunch of guys that petered out. But they had that fierce pass rush, and that defense was just shut down. They, the quarterbacks didn't have a chance. I think it all starts with a pass rush, and I think that after watching especially the past four or five weeks with the Packers and the, the lack of pass rush that they've had, uh, man, it would have been just really nice to to have a young stud like, like Watt out there kind of learning under the, the Clay Matthews learning tree. Cause, well, they have yeah. to go out in the draft and get a pass rusher this year. They have to, and I think you have to early. Yeah, I, 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 there's no you way around You can't wait it. till the fourth and fifth round this year to get a pass rusher. You got to go out and get somebody early that's going to contribute right away. But I mean, you know, that's still a ways off. Um, trying to stay with some positives about this game, Jamal Williams. 
You know, yeah. he, he didn't go for, you know, 125 yards or anything rushing. But he totaled up over 100 yards from scrimmage, and he ran <laughs> hard. I mean, yeah, he... Yeah, let's look. Uh, 21 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Four receptions for 69 and a touchdown. Definitely the best game of his career so far. Um, I mean, I, I think the combination of him and Aaron Jones could be something to really watch in the future. Yeah, I think so too. Um, especially if we can give it up. And like you said, yeah, the uh, the rushing stats, 21 attempts for 66, you know, that's it's not going to blow you away. But if you, watch, if you actually watch the game, it looked like he rushed for a lot more because... Oh yeah, he was running hard. Well, he, he just was kept hammering gaining. him in there. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. You know, he, he was ripping off some good runs uh, in that game. Uh, I mean, he's not afraid of contact. You can hear the pads hit, and I mean, he just stays up. Yeah, I was impressed with him in the, in, the, in this game. Uh, but you know, let's say in a perfect world, all three backs are healthy. Who's the who's the, who should be the lead back at this point, or do you even go with that that theory, or do you just kind of go with the Patriots theory of, well, we'll use whatever back fits the situation and or the defense we're playing. I think that's the modern NFL. Yeah, I think unless you have someone like an Ezekiel Elliott or an Alvin Kamara or a Le'Veon Bell, unless you have a guy who is the guy and is going to just be able to do everything for you. I think that's just the modern league now. You go with who fits the situation the best. You go with who attacks the defense the best. It helps you keep fresh legs, and it helps you wear down a defense. A runner like Jamal Williams, no, he's not as big as Eddie Lacy, but he runs hard, and he hits back, and that's going to wear defense down. When you see Jamal Williams 21 times over a game, and he just keeps coming at you. I mean, it's going to wear you out mentally and physically. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and I was, think and you, you know that was the thing that, and we touched on it quickly a second ago. But um, that was the thing we talked about. Jamal Williams. He he's a tough runner. He gets those tough yards on on third and short, uh, fourth and you know short yardage, fourth down situations, whatnot. He can do that. Uh, but we the first two games that he played, um, we didn't really see any big play potential with him. We talked about that on the last episode. It was, you know, possibly his lack of big play potential. Uh, but we definitely saw it in this game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the dude, you know, surprisingly enough to me, has some, some, some good speed to go with, with his power running, too. When he got out in it with that, uh, that screen pass... I was like, oh, he's gonna get he's 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 not that fast. He's gonna get caught from behind. He's not going, and that dude just broke away from everybody. Dude was gone. You ain't catching him. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that he, shocked me. Once, once he got past that block by Corey Lindsley, he was gone. Yeah, yeah. So that was impressive to me. And that you know, if he can keep that up, build on that these these next couple of weeks. I don't know. Um, I don't know when Aaron Jones will be back, if if he'll be back the rest of this year, and I don't know how much he was longer limited time participant in practice. He was limited, so he might yeah. be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, if he's not suspended, yeah, that, that, that's that's a big one too. But but yeah, 
That's the thing. The Packers' run game has looked pretty good this year, no matter who's the whoever who the back has been. The running games look better than the passing game. Yeah, at, at times. So and you know, speaking about the running game, there was some good run blocking from an unexpected source. Jason Spriggs. Jason Spriggs. <laughs> I mean, he started at right tackle, and he wasn't glaringly bad. <laughs> Which is all you can hope for from Jason Spriggs at this point. I mean, he looked vastly improved from what we've seen so far, especially compared to what he did in the Ravens game. Well, yeah. You know, he, he, he didn't give up a sack. None of the sacks in this game came off Spriggs. Um, you know, his run blocking was good. His... His pass blocking, he didn't give up a sack, but he wasn't great. He still needs to build some strength there, but it's something to build on. Yeah. I guess, you you know, I didn't, like, I didn't notice Spriggs in this exactly. game. And that's a good thing. So, like you said, it wasn't glaringly bad. Uh, so, hey. Hand to you, yeah, Jason there you Spriggs. go. <laughs> it wasn't glaringly bad. That's, that's a really good description of, of Jason Spriggs. Yeah. <laughs> glaringly bad um and, i mean uh, the other the other final positive i had that i took note of was randall i mean sleevey wonder is just he continues to look better each week yeah yeah uh, I, I think he had a uh, five targets in this game he had the interception i think he only allowed two passes two completions on his five targets, but I think he had a pass deflection in the pick. Yeah, he had that I mean, huge pass defense. I mean, it says a lot, too, defense. that he only got five, um, five targets. Yeah, he he, he caused that uh, that fourth down on that, that last play before the Steelers had to punt it back to us in that two-minute warning, which we completely blundered away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Randall's been playing really good, like I said. Uh, if we would have known that Randall was going to have a, ba- a bounce-back year the way he's had ever, ever since the Dallas game, really. Um, you know, that's... Uh, imagine if, if if Aaron Rodgers was playing. If <laughs> How good this team could be. Like, with Randall playing the way he's playing, Martinez playing at a high level. Um, you know, I, I guess the pass rush, really, it wouldn't really help much. But, uh, yeah, Randall looked really good. I mean, the Packers... Got the three turnovers. Got zero points off of it. You had the Randall interception, the Martinez interception, uh, the fumble, the Le'Veon Bell fumble, which I, I posted on Twitter. I was like, this is a complete flashback to Super Bowl forty-five. Yeah. When, when you know, uh, oh, Kevin Green is like, it's time. Clay, it's time. And Clay Matthews goes out and forces the fumble to uh, on Rashard Mendenhall, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I was like, total flashback. Exactly. Because I was thinking about that. I was like, man, we need one of those moments. And that drive was going on when they were just running the ball with Bell. And Bell was just breaking off, you know, 10 yards, 11 yards, 12 yards. And I was like, oh, man, we need one of those moments. And then I swear, a couple plays later, it happened. I was like, wow. (laughs) Is Kevin Green on the sidelines still? What's going on? (laughs) I wish Kevin Green was on the sidelines. He might be next year. And... I mean, we got to talk about the negatives we saw in this game. Well, one last positive before we get to... Oh, okay. Uh, I guess the, the three turnovers, getting zero points off of them is one negative. I got another negative outside of that. 
But uh, my my last positive, Devontae Adams, five receptions, 82 yards, one touchdown. I'll say this this week, and I'll say it for the rest of the year. Pay that man. Yeah. <laughs> pay that man. Dude yeah, deserves he, it. He is the wide receiver one on this team. Uh, the dude has blossomed into a legit, I think he, uh, at this point, a legit top ten receiver in the league. They cannot let him even sniff free agency because if they, oh, they let will. him get to the free agent market, somebody is going to pay him so much money. And sayonara. Because we're not yeah, gonna, be we're not spending because we got we're not spending that kind of money on a receiver when you got a when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. So Adams I agree. Just we got to get him signed as soon as possible. Um, well, I, I guess before I forget, because I almost did, Justin Vogel, if he continues at the clip he's on, will set a new franchise record for net yardage. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, he averaged a 48, 48 point something on his gross average for the game and 46.4 for the game. He had a long of 53 in this game in that cold weather. So, well, other than the one bad punt, he played really well. Yeah, uh, if only he could kick field goals. Because, look, yeah. we could have won this game if it wasn't for Mason Crosby. Completely screwing up and missing a 57-yard field goal. A measly 57. Yeah, just a measly 57-yard field goal, which was only four yards over, you know, the record at Heinz Field. Big deal. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, it was cold outside. Who cares? It's Heinz Field. Who cares? 57 yards, Mason Crosby. What are you thinking? You you screwed us. Thanks a lot, Cros. Harsh. Ooh, that was harsh. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> totally busting balls, Crosby. Not your fault. It's the coach's fault. Mike McCarthy, what the hell are you thinking? 57-yard field goal. What. I want to I get your take on this because we talked about this. You said you had a hot take on this or you had a, an interesting take on it. I, just to throw, just throw mine out real quick, to me it reeked of desperation on the part of Mike McCarthy it was it to me. It seemed like Mike McCarthy was like, "Holy shit, we got a turnover in good field position. We can't put the ball back because they're just going to score on our asses all night long. So we got to get some kind of points. How how long is that field goal? Fifty-seven yards in Heinz Field? Yeah, Crosby's got it. Go Crosby, please, for the love of God, get us some points or we're screwed. Like that to me, that's what was going on in Mike McCarthy's head at that point. And like when when it was fourth down, I remember sitting there watching the game. I was like, ah. Uh, no points off that. We're going to have to punt it away. And then Crosby comes out for the field goal, and I literally say, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> why is I he out the there? I same thing. I was like, what? why are they putting the field goal unit on? <laughs> like, there's no way he's like, making what? this. It's but winter go ahead. in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. What are you doing? But, you know, uh, I mean, and, you know, I guess my take on it's not as different from yours as I thought it was. But to me, it's not so much the desperation, oh my God, we need points. To me, it it was blatant to me at that point. Mike McCarthy has lost all the trust that he ever had in this defense. Because from that field position, Vogel could have pinned Pittsburgh inside their 10, maybe inside their 5. And Mike McCarthy 
did not trust this defense to stop Pittsburgh with starting at their own five, probably. Well, I, I it it spoke volumes to me that I guess he was willing to attempt the fifty-seven yarder in Heinz Field, where the record is fifty-three in less than ideal conditions with a kicking game that has been questionable at times this year. Mm-hmm. And you know it was windy, it was cold, it was night, and it's like. <sighs> And we saw it on you know the Steelers' last drive and really the whole second half, more than the first half. This defense is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in trying to get off field on third down. They can't do it. Well, I guess there's like I guess there's two ways to look at it. He has no confidence in the defense, or he understands that Pittsburgh's offense is Incredible, and I think he if, would have if, if this Crosby, field goal against if Crosby the Jaguars. Made, yeah, if Crosby would have made this field goal, that it would have put him up by ten points. And I think that's where McCarthy. I just feel like, I just feel like McCarthy felt like, goddamn, we go, we've gotten this is our second. I think it was a second turnover at that point, the Martinez interception. He's like, we got the second turnover. We're in really good field position. We we've. Falling back a few yards, we have to get some points out of this drive. I don't care what the odds are. I I don't know if it was just desperation where he was like, "Please God, can we make a field, can we make this field goal?" Or did he really have confidence in Crosby that he could make a fifty-seven yarder in Heinz Field? Which is it may have been a combination. And you know, if Hundley doesn't take that sack on third down and lose about five yards, that may have been a lot more makeable. It would have been a fifty-two. Yeah. So, yeah. Within range. It was in the in the realm of sanity. Yeah. But <laughs> I just to me it just it spoke volumes about the defense more than it did anything else because yeah, it was Pittsburgh, but I think McCarthy would have taken that field goal against the Jags. I think he would have taken that field goal against the Cardinals at this point. Well, I thought the defense overall played well. They did have their moments, but when it counted, when it really mattered, they needed to get stops. They couldn't do it. They got three turnovers. It's not the defense's fault that the offense converted those turnovers into zero points. They got three turnovers against a turnover-happy Ben Roethlisberger. He's got like 13 interceptions on the season. Yeah, five of them were in one game. They've actually been playing pretty well, but that's that's been the issue. Like that's what we've been saying all year long. The Packers aren't getting the turnovers. I mean, we go back. You're talking about a Dom Capers defense. It's not about holding teams to to little or no yardage. It's about bend but don't break and force turnovers. This game, they actually did that. They forced the turnovers. Yet we didn't have an Aaron Rodgers on the other side to turn those turnovers into points. Well, so I, I think Aaron Rodgers on the other side. You do get the points. Absolutely. But at the same time, with this We would have won this game by double digits if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a two-score lead. Yeah. And the thing that the thing that I'm trying to say is, is, is like we've also talked about with the Dom Capers defense, it is built on turnovers. These kinds of games just don't – they don't happen that often in the NFL today. You don't see this. This was – to me, this was more of an aberration 
than it was the norm. It's just not one of those things where you're not going to go out and get, you know, 25, 30 interceptions a season anymore like they did even in 2011. I think they had like 31 on the season in 2011. We're six years removed from that, and it's a different NFL. Now, first place in the league in interceptions, you're coming in at like 19. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, so, I mean, but I yeah, mean, the it's... three the three turnovers was impressive. Don't get me wrong, but you got to get off the field on third down, and this team can't do that. I mean, I thought they did. I did a good job of that against Baltimore. They yeah, can. They can. That's... They can do it. They can against do it against Baltimore's team. offense against. All well, how, well, what, how many Flacco. other how many other teams in the how many other defenses in the league can get off the field on third down when you're playing against the Steelers? When you got Antonio well, Brown, many. when you have the best wide receiver on planet Earth, you know, playing against no, you. No, I get it. I do. I get it. But at the same time, this is this is what I mentioned earlier in the show. This is the same issue that continues to show itself over and over and over and over. Well, a lot of that, I mean, I think it just goes to pass rush. I think if the Packers, I think if this defense just had, you well, know. they were missing Kenny Clark for one against the run. Big yeah, time. that's true. Uh, but I think if they just had the pass rush back, if they had, you know, what Clay Matthews was in his first four or five years, if they had that, that just game-changing pass rusher, if, I think that's just the one piece they're missing. They got the middle linebacker. I think Blake Martinez is the middle linebacker for this team. Yeah. They. I think their secondary is coming together. Uh, I, I think don't they think, still need one piece there. Possibly. Uh, also, you know, HaHa Clinton Dix also continues to over-pursue. That's been an issue all year long. He's He's not playing up to the level we know he's capable of. Yeah, it, it's very weird, very weird this year how much he's regressed. I don't know what it is, but I've, I've every game I notice where he he's over pursuing, he's missing tackles, he's just he's completely taking poor angles. He's oh yeah, pulling. Yeah, even there's even times it looks like he's starting to give up. Yeah, and I mean he's just I don't know I don't know what to say about Clinton Dix right now. Well, he better get his shit together because. Uh, well, he's he's not doing what we need him to do. I mean, I I laughed whenever Chris Collinsworth tried to say, "Haha, Clinton Dix, one of the best tacklers in the NFL." Chris <laughs> yeah, Collinsworth made me laugh twice. That was one, and the other one was when he tried to say that he didn't think Aaron Rodgers would outplay Brett Hundley on this <laughs> night if he was in the game. Dude, like, I heard that too, and dude, I was, I just what looked- have you been smoking? I literally looked at the TV screen like I just smelled a, just a terrible fart. I was like, yeah, I, I don't huh? understand. Come again? It's it's one thing to be pardon? caught up in the moment, but it's got to be. I mean, that was, that's got to be what it was. He was just caught up in the moment. He just saw it was probably the best game all year long for Sunday Night Football. Honestly, probably. And, and you know, and who'd have thought there was talk about them flexing the game out and stuff? I'm, I'm, bet, but I bet they're glad they they didn't do that because, like I said, it's probably their bet their best game they've had all year long that I can remember. Well, safe bet they're not going to flex Packers Browns to Sunday night. So, 
Hey, we might. That, that, <laughs> if Brett Hundley's playing, that game is probably going to be a lot closer and a lot more, you know, nail-biting excitement than, than you would expect. But Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, here's the big question for me going forward. Even if Brett Hundley continues to play at the level that he played against the Steelers, do you think we do well enough over the next two weeks, maybe three <clears throat> weeks, to even bother with bringing Rodgers back? That's a good tease. We'll discuss that on the other side of the break. Because <laughs> that's actually one of the topics that I had going into the storylines of uh, the Buccaneers game, since oh. it's pretty much do or die. Um, but we can get into it here real quick if you want to do that, or we can dig into it when we get back. Um but yeah, yeah, we'll, I we'll just do it after the break. Okay, yeah, we'll tie it into our... We'll just cut this our, section of audio out and, and do the break <laughs> tease. Uh, you get to hear behind the scenes, how the you get to see how the sausage is made here on the show, folks. Yum. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take a uh, break, but before we do that, let's wrap up this Pittsburgh Steelers game as we do uh, every episode with first word... Now, Ty, I have a uh, a topic for you that I want your first word on. We just discussed it, but I want you to wrap it all up, make sense of it with one word, the first word that pops into your head when I say the phrase, Mike McCarthy's decision to kick a 57-yard field goal. Suspect. Nice. Suspect. I like that. You know, all I thought of was that scene in Goodwill Hunting whenever Ben Affleck is posing as Matt Damon for that job interview. <laughs> These guys are asking him why he's asking for a retainer and may not take the job. You know what? You suspect. I don't trust you. <laughs> you suspect. And that's how I felt about Mike McCarthy with that decision. You suspect. Mike McCarthy. I don't trust it. <laughs> That is that's interesting. That's a very deep. Uh, your brain works in a very strange way. I can oh, appreciate. Oh, I'm exhausted it. right now. My <laughs> mind is going in so many different directions. Oh, obviously, but I like that. that that's good. That's good. Uh, it definitely makes sense. Uh, I, I got a good first word for you. I feel like it's something that you'll probably give me something good on. Let me get your first word on the following two words. Sleevy Wonder. He's back. I mean, I guess all I can think of is back. He's back. Sleevy well, Wonder. Hyphenated. Back. Well, I, it's I, hyphenated. <laughs> he back. He back. He back. Just drop the apostrophe S. <laughs> is they for real or no? <laughs> he back, dog. He back. Sleepy Wonder's back. It's funny because it's literally like I have my eyes closed. I got my head tilted back in my chair here, and I was just waiting. And as soon as you said Sleepy Wonder, all that popped into my head was Eric Bischoff's music from from Raw oh, back God. in the day. I'm back, <laughs> and I just picture Sleepy Wonder walking oh, onto the God. field. Wear I mean, a leather jacket. Yeah, because I remember you know his his freshman year. Man, it looked like the arrow was pointing up. Or not his freshman year, but you know his rookie, rookie year. year. Same thing. <laughs> arrow pointing up. Last year, arrow pointing down, and it's like over the past since the Dallas game, it's just like 
every game, dude comes up big in one way or another, and that's all I can think of is just I'm back, dude, and better and than better ever. Than ever. <laughs> Oh god! Like I need to string together a music, a YouTube music video with Sleevey Wonder highlights to that music. Oh yeah, and I think that'd be perfect. Uh, so yeah, back he back, Sleevey Wonder he back. Oh jeez, we're so white. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick uh, fake sponsor break, and we'll be back to discuss. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into Lambeau Field this Sunday uh, as we start our official playoff push. I don't think seven game, losing seven games is going to get you into the playoffs in the NFC this year. So this is a must win. The playoffs start now. It's the battle of the old NFC Central. The battle of the Bays, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Will we see Jameis? Will we see, uh, what do they call him? The Amish rifle or something? <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Uh, but we'll dig into that and look forward to the, the Buccaneers game and, uh, you know, pretty much the rest of the season going forward. Because if we lose this game, it's pretty much season and we're just playing yeah. for, we're playing for, uh, you know, draft status or whatever. But uh, so we'll get into that and more, including stat lines, mind you. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that uh, after a word from our fake sponsors. Hi, I'm Paul Horning, and football's been a big part of my life. To keep up with it, I go straight to the source, the sporting news. For my money, nothing else even comes close. Each issue covers more yardies than you get from broadcasts, newspapers, and all other sports weeklies and monthlies combined. Who's making the tackles and getting that vital third down yardage? The previews, picks, and football's hottest issues. And you'll get the same straight story on baseball, basketball, hockey, and boxing too. That's the way I like my sports coverage, and this is where I get it, in the sporting news. So can you. Reach for your phone now and call toll-free 1-800-592-6000. You'll get 36 issues of the sporting news for three installments of only $6.54. You'll also get special preview issues at no extra cost. This is a savings of one half off the regular subscription rate. It's our lowest price anywhere. So call now 1-800-592-6000. That's 1-800-592-6000.
right, folks, we are back here on Blue Cheese Radio, set to preview the Packers and the Bucks, the old rivalry, the Battle of the Bays, Favre versus Warren Sapp. Oh, those are the good old days. Oh, yeah. Now, we're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick versus <laughs> Dean Lowry. <laughs> Brett Hundley versus <laughs> Brett Hundley versus uh, Gerald McCoy. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to put it. I, um, I think Jameis is actually going to play. If memory serves. Well, well, he's listed as questionable uh, on the injury report. Um, See, I've got him as a as a full participant. For is he a practice. full participant? Yeah. So, well, yeah, that, I think well, we're going to see Jameis. I don't know that it's going to matter that much, but. Well, would you rather see Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because Fitzpatrick's actually played pretty decently the past couple yeah. of weeks in terms of like not turning the ball over, making stupid mistakes. Like he's been he's been all right. Where Jameis, he's he's more prone to making stupid mistakes. Yeah. He's turning the ball over, stuff like that. Uh, the Bucks, man, they, they just haven't had the season everybody expected them to have. I remember you were really high on them I was. at the I beginning mean, I of the season. I thought they were ready to take a step, and I've been proven wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've just never never been a believer in Jameis Winston, especially after the eating the W thing, and I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's like, dude, you're this isn't this isn't college anymore. These aren't kids. These are that grown need men to be entertained. Yeah. You get thirty-year-old men standing there watching you, like Deshaun Jackson in that video. Was just like looking at him, like, "What, what is what he doing? What the hell is this man doing?" <laughs> oh man! Uh, but which, who would you rather see in this game, Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Who gives you the most concern? The only thing that gives me concern with like Jameis over Fitzpatrick is his legs. Yeah. I mean, that's always a concern just with him breaking contain and things like that. So, I don't know, man. And Green Bay just doesn't – they have not had the best luck against Tampa Bay in recent years. They always seem yeah, t- to some, – something weird always seems to happen, especially when they wear those creamsicle uniforms. So, it's like, thank God they're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> Because that's we really seem to do bad against those. So I, I don't know if the trend continues. It's just it's a weird thing where even Rodgers has not played very well against Tampa Bay no, for some reason. Yeah, some of Rodgers' worst games have been against Tampa Bay. I remember that one game. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but when Rodgers threw like three interceptions yeah. or something like that. Well, didn't like, his last actual pick six come against Tampa Bay? Uh, no, I mean, he had the pick six earlier in the year against uh, Cincinnati. That was the last one that I can remember, but oh, maybe okay, before, okay. That, before that. Before that, Before that, yeah, yeah that, that thinks so. Um, so, yeah, it's just... Something about Tampa Bay, something about the the Bucks always give. But that's the thing, like we don't really know because it's always like Tampa Bay is always kind of shitty, and the Packers are good, and then the Packers kind of play Tampa Bay, and it's you know always a tough out. Where now we're both kind of shitty, so we don't really know what to expect. We don't really have Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre at quarterback. 
Yeah, uh, this one, uh, this is a game, and it kind of scares me because this is like the Ravens game, where it's like we really don't know what we're getting. Yeah, we really don't. Um, Tampa Bay is just kind of all over the board. I mean, they got all kinds of playmakers. They got all kinds of – they got the pieces. Their secondary has been pretty bad. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, something that Hunley should be looking forward to. But, you know, they still got Gerald McCoy. They still got um, – uh, what's that linebacker? Levante David. Don't they still have him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's still there. Um, um you know, I, you know, the, I don't think we're going to have to, like you said, worry much about that secondary. Uh, we may not even have to worry about Deshaun Jackson. He was a DNP for practice with a foot injury. Oh, really? Yeah. That could be big. I mean, Mike Mike Evans, definitely got to worry about Mike Evans. Mike yeah. Evans is definitely a, a playmaker. That they got, that, that, that dude seems to, I mean, they target him like 15 times. He's like a... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. They just throw it. They just throw it his way um, on every passing play, and, and usually, most of the time, he comes down with it. Uh, especially if Winston's in the game. Winston loves to throw to him. But oh yeah. Uh, but you know, just looking at the numbers, breaking it down, points per game, Green Bay twenty point three, Tampa Bay twenty one point one. Points allowed, they're about they're pretty much even. Twenty three point eight for Green Bay, twenty three point seven for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um. So this again could be another low-scoring game. I think it's a game where the defense plays well. Uh, again, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. Um, but you know, before the break, you, you, we started on the topic of you know if, if Brett Hundley pl- can play uh, as well as he did against the Steelers against Tampa Bay, will it matter? Uh, I think if Brett Hundley plays as well as he played against Pittsburgh. Um, I think they win this game. I don't. I don't think the the Tampa Bay has the playmakers all around. I mean, they got Doug Martin uh, at running back, who's probably a little past his prime. Yeah, at this point. and and he actually also was a. He's in the concussion protocol right now, so he may oh. not end up playing. Oh, gee, we can just mark off all of these. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, as far as their their DNPs in practice, you got Vernon Hargraves did not practice with a hamstring. Deshaun Jackson uh, Jackson did not practice with a foot injury. Doug Martin with a concussion. Um, Clinton McDonald did not practice the D tackle. Safety Josh Robinson didn't practice. T.J. Ward did not practice. He's in the concussion protocol. I mean, that's all their DNPs right there. So, yeah. Well, you know. Th- the playoffs begin now for the Packers. Like, this is playoff game number one. Well, that's something uh, I wanted to touch on. I'm not so sure that this year with the NFC, I'm not sure that 10-6 and six gets you in. Uh, I'm not sure that you may not need to be 11-5. and five. Well, if you look at the games ahead for for the top teams in the NFC, I mean, you look at this week alone, I think Philadelphia plays... I don't know, it's like all the good teams are playing each other. I can't remember who's playing who, but it's like all the good teams are playing each other this week. It's like New Orleans is playing um, Philadelphia, something like that. They're all playing each other. And they all it's all kind of like that throughout the rest of the year. So I think some of these teams who are... 
you know, have really good records right now are going to lose a few games. Yeah. I think 10 and 6 could. I don't know looking at the teams that the, the Packers have lost to in terms of the head to head. Well, um, I mean, you've got see, you've got Eagles at Seahawks, uh Rams at Cardinals, Panthers at Saints. Oh, we got a barn burner here, San Francisco at the Bears. Ooh. Yeah, right. Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to get start. his first start. We got um, the Vikings at the Falcons. That'll be a game to watch. Yeah. And then you got the battle of the five and sixes with the Redskins at the Cowboys. Boy, have they just imploded. Yeah, yeah that's shocking to me. I, I didn't think they'd be this bad without Zeke Elliott, but Whew. good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Who are the Rams playing? The Cardinals. Week? Cardinals, yeah. So, I mean, I think some of these teams are going to kind of beat on each other a little bit. Like, you know, the Falcons and the Vikings. Yeah. You know, the... So, I think 10-6 and six could get us in. But I think the fact that we've lost to the Falcons... Well, the uh, issue for me is the fact Seattle. that over the final three weeks of the season, our opponents' combined records currently stand at 23-10. and 10. See, if we get Aaron Rodgers back for that Carolina game, then it's a whole new ball game. Then I don't really give a shit who we're playing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's we got true, a shot. but I just, if we lose to Tampa Bay, and God forbid if we lose to Cleveland, if we lose to Tampa Bay, the season's over. We're not getting in at 9-7. and seven. That ain't happening. So, I mean, this is, no. I mean, you're right to say this is it. I felt like the playoffs started last week. Yeah, kind of in a way they did. Um, but I mean, see, that's the thing. The way they played against Pittsburgh as well as they played against Pittsburgh, may, even though, like you said, there's no moral victories, and even though they lost. Well, and there's the thing, too. You can't depend on Hundley to play that way every week either because this is still – very early into his NFL career and he could come out and lay another egg like he did against the Ravens. We we just don't yeah, know. I mean, we just haven't seen enough of Brett Hundley and we haven't seen him do it consistently yet to know what we're going to get. Because even in the Steelers game, after they scored to open up the second half, most of our offense disappeared for really the entire third quarter and a lot of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it kind of came back down to earth. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, but, you know, maybe they build on that momentum. Maybe they're like, hey, we can't compete without Aaron Rodgers. You know, we don't have to have Aaron Rodgers to babysit us, to take care, to to mask all of our bullshit. You know, like, maybe they're like, hey, if we play hard and kind of play the way we can, we can win these games. So maybe that's what I'm banking on. I think they can do it against Tampa Bay. I'm telling you, if 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 they lose to Cleveland, Aaron Rodgers or no Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy has to lose his job. <laughs> There's just no way oh, around. Oh God! If they lose to Cleveland, they should just clean house. Yeah, I, the, the, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> you know. Because I, I mean, it's it's I I don't know, I, but. I don't know. I think we can beat Tampa Bay. 
Um, oh, I, I think these two, these next two games are very winnable. Very. Especially Cleveland. That's the most winnable game on anybody's schedule. This Tampa Bay team just—they've got so many questions for me. Um, they're just—they're just a big mess. You don't know what they are. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know. I mean, they're—they're they're a box of chocolates. You just—you really don't know. <laughs> that's that's Tampa Bay. They are the Tampa Bay box of chocolates right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You know. Hopefully we. Uh, hopefully we get. Uh, those box of chocolates you get from the dollar store, and they're like ninety nine percent like shit. There's like that one good one, <laughs> just a know? bunch of coconut filled chocolate. Yeah, <clears throat> just a, the, that nasty like oozy white filled shit. Like, ugh. like just maybe, the nasty maybe that, stuff. Hopefully, hopefully that's what we're getting. You know, we're getting that that shitty box of chocolates where there's there's not a lot of good in it, but there's yeah. you know, there, there'll be one or two good things. I think Mike Evans might be the one good piece of chocolate in that now, box. if they come out playing like a box of chocolates filled with mini Reese's peanut butter cups, we're, we're toast. Oh, yeah, we're, we're screwed. Ooh, or a Godiva box of chocolates. Don't even get You're me started. Dude. That's, that's, that's like... That's like that's the Patriots. You don't know what you're gonna get with the Patriots week to week because they play teams differently. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're like a Godiva box of chocolates. Hopefully, uh, the Tampa Bay are the uh, what, what are the damn? It's like around the tip of my tongue. The the real like the crummy box of chocolates that you you know you can get from uh, like the Valentine's Day box of chocolates. Like, you can get like at the one dollar of the little store. like. <laughs> like the cheap knockoff Russell Stover chocolates. Yeah, what, what God? What's that chocolate? The chocolate tastes like like uh, chocolate flavored wax. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We can't spend that much time trying to figure out what this chocolate's called from the dollar store. <laughs> you talk. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Well, um, I mean, in the th- my, <laughs> I, we're gonna see Jameis. From what I understand, I actually think I got a Bleacher Report update about it today saying that he was going to play. So the thing that concerns me with him is his legs. Yeah. it's And that's the third down issue, is that this team has that propensity to try their damnedest to get to the quarterback. That's just when they end up breaking contain and they take off. And Jameis will do that. And he, he won't bail out of the back of the pocket. And he's a big dude. He's hard to bring down. He'll take off right up the middle, and he'll be gone 15 yards down the field real quick. Well, this is injury. What's the injury he's been dealing with? Uh, shoulder injury. Shoulder injury? It's nothing, it's nothing so, with yeah. his legs. His legs are fine. Yeah, and then the dude can make you know something out of nothing. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. He's, it's not he's, that he's a good can, improviser. Yeah, he's not just going to take off and and, but he can he can get out of the pocket. He can get away from the pass rush. And yeah, that that's he might not have to do that because the the fact that we we haven't had any kind of pass rush and and you know however long. Yeah, he uh, may have the most comfortable pocket he's seen in a long time. And you yeah, know, so. in, interesting note: we do have a Green Bay link to Tampa Bay still. They still have Evan Dietrich Smith as their center. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw he was uh, questionable. Uh, he's listed. Um, he was questionable. He, I've got him listed as a full participant as of Wednesday, 
where he had a concussion. So he's good to go then. Yeah, I'd say I so. I forgot about it. Evan Dedrick Smith. <laughs> yeah. He had like that one year. Yeah, that uh, one year where they trans uh, transitioned him to center, and Rodgers yeah. really liked him being there, and then they let him get to free agency, and he went to Tampa Bay. Hmm. As as the Packers' wheel of cheese and missed opportunities goes. Okay, I'm not even going to lie right now. I've been searching for the what that box of chocolate's been called. for. The <laughs> it's done. It's over. Just let it go. Elmer? Is it Elmer? That, that's, that, that's, that rings that's a bell. That's glue. <laughs> well, the, the, their chocolate tastes like fucking glue, so I don't know. Um, oh, God. But yeah. Let's hope we get let's hope we get Elmer box chocolates, but uh, uh, but yeah, can the Packers find a pass rush in this game? I mean, you got Clay Matthews. I don't know. I, I, mean, don't, know. I don't know if Matthews plays. I think he'll be a game time decision again. Yeah, because he's still limited with the groin injury, and you know, and I, I told Shelby while we were watching the game because he was a game time decision Sunday. They tried to run him in warm ups. I told her it's only it's been a matter of time before he ended up with a hamstring injury or a groin injury. And it's finally happened. There was no way he was making it through this whole season playing <laughs> 16 games. Yeah, that that's especially this year where everybody's been hurt. You know, if, well, if Clay Nick Matthews would have got... was limited in practice with a foot injury. Well, I think, I think Perry will play. Oh, uh, he'll play. Hopefully... He'll play. Brooks will play. Have you seen anything out of Beagle yet that gives you any hope? Um, because because Fackrell played pretty well against Pittsburgh. He, he played, flashed a couple of times. He played good against the Ravens. He flashed against Pittsburgh. I'm still holding out on Beagle because you know he spent all this time on the pup and whatnot. Um, yeah, he's going to make his bones a little more on special teams right now. Anyways, Fackrell's still ahead of him on the depth chart, but. I do watch for him. I have been keeping an eye out for him just to see if anything jumps out at me. And thus far, I haven't seen anything that I'm that's made me take a step back and say, "Oh, okay, I, I see what you're doing." But I am watching for him. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I think you know, Ahmad Brooks has been. He's not a starter at this point. In his he's career. a rotational he's guy. Fine. I mean, we yeah, knew he's that a rotational going in. Guy, but. Man, outside of Nick Perry, man, I I just don't see where it's where it's coming from in this game. Well, I mean, at all without Kenny Clark on the field, Mike Daniels is facing constant double teams. Yeah. So he's not getting freed up for hardly anything. Um, yeah. Daniels just... still making plays though. Oh, he's still making <laughs> plays. I'm not going to take that away from him. You're not going to beat him every time with a double team. He's going to blow it up eventually. Oh yeah. But. If if they can get Kenny Clark back, because he was limited in practice, and he's going to continue to test the ankle as the week goes on, it'll probably come down to a game-time decision for him, too. If they can get him back on the field, that's going to free up Mike Daniels a little bit more. Because Kenny Clark <laughs> has quietly become one of the very best players on this defense. He's immovable. They can't, they, they can't budge him. Yeah, he's definitely looking like a first-round draft pick. 
at this point. Oh yeah, he he's showing the and talent he, that we hoped Dayton Jones had and just didn't. Yeah, you know, and that that may be a that may be a hit for uh, Ted Thompson. Yeah, like that that's another one he can hang us because if you go back and look at some of the tackles that were, the defensive tackles that were taken in that draft, there were a lot of good ones. Yeah, um, but so far Kenny Clark seems to be. Because I think he was one of the first ones taken. There was like Andrew Billings was taken after him. Um, yeah, so I mean that was a few. God. That was one of our very first shows because we didn't know who he was. Yeah, <laughs> and we know who he is but, now. Yeah, he's definitely made a name for himself, and we definitely helped to get him back as soon as possible. Well, it helps that um, he's a true nose tackle. Yeah. Yeah. He. he he looks good, and I. What did I read the other day? We were talking about his rehab, home cooking. Home cooking. <laughs> I, may have, I may have read that today, where he he was quoted saying like, "What was helping him rehab?" He was like, "Some home cooking. That's helping me rehab. That's getting there me back go. quicker." I was like, "I like that mentality. I oh can yeah, dig that. I can dig that from a, a nose tackle." <laughs> I mean, the the Food. other injury I'm really paying attention to right now is Kevin King. He did not practice Wednesday with the shoulder injury, so it's. I imagine he's going to be closer to a game time decision if nothing changes through the week. Yeah, he's been dealing with a lot of injury here lately. He's been like dealing with the shoulder since there. college. Yeah, that that's that's worrying, but yeah, it's something to what? keep an eye on. Yeah, but. I don't know. Uh, I feel pretty good about this game. And again, I felt pretty good about the Baltimore game because we were coming off of that Bears victory. Yeah. And we see how that went. And like you said, Tampa Bay and, and Baltimore, they, they, they're they kind of in the same same juncture right now. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're just a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, and with Jameis coming back, who knows? He may come back and light us up and eat that W. But well, the yeah. only thing with Tampa Bay is <laughs> we don't know. And when you look at their stats, they're dead last in the league at how many pass yards they give up per game, and they're thirty second in the league right there at last in total yards per game. So if Hundley's going to come out and have a a career performance to try to up his trade value really well, mm-hmm. this is probably the game to do it. Yeah, these next two weeks, especially. (laughs) I mean, we're not much better. We're 25th in the league in pass yards per game surrendered, so who knows? Yeah, where would you where would you say Hunley's trade value is right now? Um, based on the Steelers game and his potential to go from there, I'd say we could probably get a third rounder for him. Really? From, from, you think so? I think there's enough quarterback needy teams out there that would give him a serious look. Now, if he carries this out through the rest of the season, and that's my thing, if he continues to play at that level and say, hypothetically due to another injury here or there, the defense just crumbles like we're used to seeing. Yeah. And they continue to lose, and there's no reason to bring Aaron Rodgers back. If Hunley plays out the rest of the season like he did in the Pittsburgh game, that's second round minimum. Somebody will offer up. 
if he comes out and he just lights it up and we're still losing because of the defense, they could probably squeeze a first-rounder out of somebody for him. Hmm. It's just a matter of finding the right partner. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Because, uh, yeah, I think if Hundley continues playing the way he did against Pitt, but, you know, there's always people will point back to the Baltimore game. and They do, but uh, you're going to have the same people counter that with, well, I mean, he's it's his first few starts. You're going to have ups and downs. It's about his potential in the future instead of what we've seen, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. Because you know yeah, how know. NFL coaches are, especially, well, if I got him in my system, he'd light it up. Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, I've always said I think Hunley's probably in the wrong system. I do, for too. skill set. I don't think he's a West Coast quarterback. I mean, you know, he does all right. He, <laughs> You know, he kind of – like what they were kind of highlighting in the, in the Pittsburgh game, how he throws – with his feet off the ground, the way Favre yeah. and Rodgers yeah. do. I got a big kick you know, out of that. Just... <laughs> but, you know, I think... I think if you put him in a spread system like they run in New England, he could be really good. With the right yeah, supporting I think cast. That, that's, I think that'd be the perfect fit for him. Something like that. Um, but, I, I don't know. I, I don't see a third rounder for him at this point. But... We'll see what happens. I mean, I do just yeah. because I know there are teams that are desperate. And desperate teams yeah, do also, desperate things. We're also going into a year in the draft where there's like 10 solid quarterbacks coming out. Oh, well, that's true. So, um, <laughs> so it, it'll be – I think it'll be a harder sell this year just for that reason alone. Well, I mean, you, you could be could be on to something there too. A lot of it's just going to depend on how well he plays. And whether a yeah. team decides, you know, I've seen more from him in NFL action, and I think he could be something. It's yeah. just, it's all going to matter about who wants a quarterback. Well, it only took one game for Matt Flynn to get a big fat contract from a quarter from a, that's from true. A team, so, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But I guess the big question. Let me take a drink here. The big question about this game and going forward for the Packers is if the Packers lose this game, is it time to just shut down Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season and hope for uh, the best draft pick that you can get? (laughs) If they lose to Tampa Bay, yes. They're not getting in the playoffs. They lose to Tampa Bay and they are sitting there – at five and seven, I don't think there's any reason at all you bring back Aaron Rodgers. It's completely I, I illogical. Yeah, I think like like we talked about, ten and six is pushing it. Nine and seven, no way. If we were in the AFC, possibly, but we're in the NFC, and the NFC has way more competition. Yeah, I mean uh, the NFC is just. I mean, it's a better conference. It's a stronger, more competitive conference right now. And it has been for years. I mean, the reason 
The reason Tom Brady and the Patriots go to the Super Bowl every year, it seems like, is because the AFC is just not that good. It's not. And, you know, it, it kind of boggles my mind because there for a while, you'd see a year or two it was the AFC and then it'd flip and a year or two it'd be the NFC and they traded a lot. And you saw, mm-hmm. you know, Super Bowl champions like, oh, it was somebody from the NFC this year, AFC this year. You got a lot of trading here and there, back and forth. But in Super Bowl champions, I mean, it doesn't really match up a whole lot these days. But just as far as the sheer strong competition, the NFC is much better than the AFC. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been close. I mean, I think that's that literally is why the Patriots. I mean, yeah, the Patriots are a really good team. Well, look at their division too. Them. Yeah, they their division is a cakewalk every year. And then they got the first round by almost every year they're in the playoffs. And then it's like, it, it almost just seems so easy for them. But by the time they get to the Super Bowl, it's like, you know, where you, you look in the NFC and teams have to pretty much kill each other to, to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They got to walk through hell. I mean, you look at what Green Bay did last year, running the table, going through, you know, going through uh, the Giants, going through uh, Dallas. And then and then losing to Atlanta, and then Atlanta blowing the lead. You know, it's like. Well, I mean, even going back to Green Bay's Super Bowl win for forty-five. I mean, that was a gauntlet. Yeah, all and it is games. every year. It's just yeah. It's one of those things where you look at the NFC. You've got Minnesota at nine and two, Atlanta seven and four, even Detroit at six and five. Um, you got Philadelphia, Philly at ten and one. Seattle, Rams, Seattle every year. The Rams are ridiculous. They're eight and three. Carolina's eight and three. New Orleans is eight and three. It's just a the NFC is just nasty. It's it's the nasty football conference. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. I like that one. But even like the bad teams in the NFC are, you know, they're still tough mm-hmm. outs. Yeah, they're still good, like Arizona, you know. I and mean, they're sitting there at five and six, and they're still a you know relatively strong team. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm with you. If we lose this game, I think this is the season. Of the season playoffs begin now. We got to beat Tampa Bay. We got to beat Cleveland. And if we get Aaron Rodgers back for uh, Carolina in Week 15. And who knows, you know, because we beat Carolina. If we beat and win the last two division games, Detroit and, and Minnesota, you know, I think that gets us into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like you said, it, it's another – it's just another run-the-table situation. They've got to win out. God, and it seems like the Packers are in this situation every year. I mean, it does. It seems like we end up behind the eight ball all the time. Yeah. One one way or another, whether it's injury, like in 2013, uh, injury occurs, Rodgers comes back, gets us into the playoffs, and then we lose in a wild card. You know, we never have – we very rarely have – home field advantage or, you know, the bye week. It's always like we got to just – we got to run the damn gauntlet by week 10 to <laughs> to get in. It's it's crazy. 
it's but it's exciting. It's never boring. Oh, it is. It's exciting. I mean, no one's gonna feel sorry for us. Yeah, no, no. It's 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 fine. Uh, like I said, if we lose this game and we just tank out the rest of the year, we'll just go get Calvin Ridley after uh, Ted Thompson lets Devontae <laughs> Adams walk. Um, <laughs> there's another hot take for you. There you go. Um, hey, I'm hot making takes up for everybody. Go. There we go. Um, but let's go ahead and get to the main event of the show before we wrap this sucker up and get on uh, to playoff game number one, Packers and Buccaneers. Uh, as we do every week, it's time for what everybody came for, what everybody's been waiting for. It's time for stat lines. All right, Ty, I'm going to let you go first this week. I'm not going out on the limb the way I have the past couple weeks because I've been completely <laughs> wrong. Um, I mean, going back to Randall Cobb throwing a touchdown, that didn't happen against the Ravens. But it what still the hell? needs to happen. Not a lot did happen against the Ravens, so no. I, 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 <laughs> I don't even know where to start there. But I'll let you go first this week with your stat lines. And uh, uh, what do you got? Well, I mean, I... Like I said, I don't know a whole lot of what to expect out of Tampa Bay, so I just did the uh, the very best I could with with what I have to work with here. And for my first outline, I'm going to go with Sleepy Wonder himself. We're going defense first nice. this week. I think Sleepy's going to finish this game solid because, I mean, Jameis is not the best passer, and it is the right shoulder, so I look for a, a few, you know, wobbly balls thrown here and there for some opportunistic stuff. I think Sleevy's going to come away with two pass deflections, four tackles. I think he's going to get a tackle for loss on a blitz and his third interception in as many weeks. Wow. That would be that would be uh, interception number five for mm-hmm. uh, old Sleevy Wonder. Nice. I like it. So here's my, my line for Sleevy. I got a lot of confidence in him right now. We're we'll ride that wave. And then I'm going to go back with Jamal Williams. He's showing that he, he can handle the load as a workhorse back. He likes contact. He doesn't shy away from it. I think he's going to have a 22-carry game, carrying that load, even you know just pounding away, even with the Tampa Beers, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Beers. The Tampa Beers. That may as well be what they are. Uh, <laughs> having the dead last ranked pass defense Williams is going to get a healthy amount of carries 22 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown I like it that's about where he's been uh, I'm trying to stay solid stay on solid ground here yeah let's, let's come back to to, to, the, to sanity yeah one. but then unfortunately I'm going to do something a little out of character for myself and jump over to the opponent's sideline I got to go to the air. I think no matter who's playing quarterback this week, I think Mike Evans is going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a really strong game. I think he's going to finish this game with seven receptions for 110 yards and two touchdown catches. Good Lord. And we thought uh, Antonio Brown tore us up. (laughs) Mike Evans, seven receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Not bad. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Evans had double-digit receptions in this game. It wouldn't surprise if, me either. Especially if Deshaun Jackson is going to be out. So, 
That'll be something to keep an eye on. But uh, I, I like your stat lines. Marius Randall, two passes defense, four tackles, one tackle for a loss, and one interception for Sleepy Wonder. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, if he if he plays like that and continues like that, he, he might find himself in the Pro Bowl this year. He could. I doubt it, but <laughs> it's a hell of a stat line. Uh, Jamal Williams, 22 carries for 74 yards, one touchdown uh, for Jamal Williams. Uh, like I said, that, that's pretty much par for the course, what it, what he's been uh, in these past three games for us. So uh, I, like your, I like your chances on that one. Uh, that, that one's probably my favorite. Uh, out of yeah, Sleevey's my bold one. Yeah, Sleevey's pretty bold. Uh, Mike Evans kind of saved seven receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns, but let's all hope that that doesn't come to fruition. Yeah. Because if, if, if he has that big of a day, I think I think we might be in trouble. Um, but those are your stat lines uh, for, uh, what is this, week 12? Week 11? Uh, 13. We're in week 13 already. Good yeah. Lord. Whew. I know, right? <laughs> all right, all right. Week 13. Um... My stat lines, like I said, coming back down to earth, didn't get drunk, didn't go joyriding in the DeLorean, um, so I think these are doable. I like my chances on these. I'm going to start with our quarterback, Mr. Brett Hundley. He's going 19-34, 277 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That sounds about right. That sounds like, I mean, that'd be a good I think that sounds... That sounds very realistic. I wasn't ready to go out on a limb with Hunley just yet. I want to see what he does after the Pittsburgh game before I try a stat line with him. Yeah, I don't think he'll play quite as good as he did in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think he'll have a few more yards because I think there's the Tampa Bay secondary is, is uh, not as good as Pittsburgh's. Uh, I do think he'll throw one interception. He'll make a mistake or two. Uh, but I think overall he'll play. He'll he'll he'll, he'll play fine. He'll be fine. Um, stat line number two, this guy has just been as automatic, I mean, has just been money uh, for the past three or four weeks, or the past month, all season really. Devontae Adams, pay this man. Oh, yeah. Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 94 yards, one touchdown. I mean, that's that, that just seems to be a, an obvious stat line at this point. It seems like that's... Yeah, that's <laughs> just his... His M.O. right now is just coming in and doing that exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, I so feel for good the about bonus that and say a long reception of 50? Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be doing it week to week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and for my final stat line, uh, another safe bet here for, uh, for me. Blake Martinez. Oh. Got him going. 14 total tackles, 10 solo... Two tackles for a loss for Mr. Blake Martinez, the inside linebacker. Back-to-back weeks with over 12 total tackles. I like that a lot. Oh, I think he's going to do it. I think I yeah. think he's good for double-digit tackles every week, the way he plays. He's, he's in on every play. Yeah. He's everywhere. It's so, not just the double-digit that got me. It's that you went over, over 12 total back-to-back weeks. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah he's going to do it. I'm telling you. He's going to do it. Uh, so, Brett Hundley, 19-34, 277 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 94 yards, one touchdown. Blake Martinez, 14 total tackles, 10 solo, and two tackles for a loss. Those are your stat lines for Week 13, Packers 
and the Bucks at Lambeau Field. It's do or die time. It's put up or shut up. We have Playoff. to win this one. Playoff start Sunday. Playoff start Sunday. Oof. It just breaks my heart. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's hard. <laughs> this has been the most trying season. I thought last season was testing me. But, wow. <laughs> we were 4-1 and one at one point. Well, and you know what the, the craziest thing for me is, is I have to sit back sometimes to try to gain a little perspective and think, man, this is every season for a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. And it's just true. like, how did these people live? I, I think it's just because we're spoiled. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've had this conversation with some friends of mine who are Tennessee Vols fans, and they all, you know, we should fire Butch Jones, and they fire Butch Jones, and it's oh, like that's a mess big, right now. Yeah, the mess that's been going on with the with Tennessee program right now, the football program at least. I think they're down to just, like their sixth or seventh candidate. Yeah, I mean, one of us could be the coach next week. Who knows? I mean, that, that breaking might news. Get down to that point. I'm the new Tennessee head coach. <laughs> Funny you mention it, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, I was. They were just like, man, we just got to get a coach so we, you know. We used to be, you know, in the national championship discussion back in the day when we had Peyton Manning and we were so used to winning and being good and we're trying to get back there. And I'm like, you just set yourself – like, try being a Kentucky Wildcat football fan. As long as we're bowl eligible every year. As long as the coach gets us – yeah, as long as the coach gets us bowl eligible and we're not the worst team in the SEC, give them five more years, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And you know what? If they just don't make it this year, uh, yeah, basketball's starting. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the attitude. <laughs> so, like, yeah, as the Pack- as Packers fans, we've been spoiled with just a good product for so long. But imagine how Packers fans felt from you know nineteen sixty sixty nine nineteen seven for pretty much from the, through the seventies and the eighties. Imagine up until ninety two. Yeah. So. We're just, we're just, you know, we're we're getting a taste of that. It's not a year to year thing. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. We'll be fine. You know, we may see some changes in the coaching staff. We'll see changes with the team. But as long as, you know, as long as we got our quarterback for you know the next five or six years, we'll be fine. It should definitely make but. everybody take a step back and think about the good fortune we've had because we've had Brett Favre, and then we've went right into Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I mean, I think. Every team can do that. You just got to be smart about it. You know, yeah, even it's like when you see a team like with what's going on with Eli Manning and the Giants right now, the Giants, if they were smart, they would have drafted Eli Manning's predecessor three years ago. Yeah. They would have spent spent a first-round pick on whoever the first-round quarterbacks were, you know, one of those quarterbacks, and and built them. And and that's – every team should do that. When Aaron Rodgers is at when, when you know that he's getting into his 40s or he's he's coming up on the last few years of his career, the Packers should definitely spend a first another first round pick on on a quarterback that they feel strongly about. Well, and I think Rodgers will probably do the team a bit of a favor and be more clear about when he actually intends to retire than maybe Favre did. 
And which, I think so, you too. know, in hindsight, the team made the right decision. It yeah, sucked at yeah, the time. And, and it... Oh, you yeah. Know, it, because at that point, it was like, oh, my God, we're going to be garbage. Favre wants to come back and they won't let him. We're going to suck. And then Rodgers came out and just bombed all over the Vikings. It was like, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... Dude, I remember that. I remember yeah. being just tore up about it because we were like we were a game away from the Super Bowl the previous year and then Favre retires wants to come back and I'm like won't they let him come back we're just one step away we just need him to come back because McCarthy's over here like you can compete for the starting job he's like no uh uh they knew what they were doing though Ted Thompson Mike McCarthy they knew what they were talking about Aaron Rodgers was ready and that's what every team should do when you when you know you have a when you when your franchise quarterback's getting older and you know he doesn't have much much longer left, which is which is why I was so surprised that that the Patriots traded Garoppolo away. Yeah, the way they did, you know. But well, I think that's what's happening in Kansas City right now. I think yeah. I think next season Patrick Mahomes will be the starter. He'll only have a year under his belt, but I think you know that's just kind of the thing. But that's better years. than a lot of teams who draft a quarterback and just throw him into the Lions den. Like the one. Browns. Yeah, the Browns. And they've got the worst track record with that. Yeah, zero stability with the Browns. I don't even know. It's it's like it would take us a whole show to name off all the quarterbacks they've just thrown right into the fire. It would name. It would take us an, an entire show to name off name off all the coaches that they've oh, thrown God. into the fire. Hugh Jackson is a good coach. Yeah, he is. He's he's in a shitty, shitty situation. And even if they go six zero and sixteen this year, and they went one and fifteen last year, I would still keep him. I would say, look, you're going to be the coach of this team for five years. I don't give a damn if you don't win a game in those five years. We have to have some stability, you know. I'm, I'm and, giving and, you five years to do something. Yeah, because it, with the Browns, it's like, oh, you've had two years. We're not good yet. Bye. Oh, yeah. you had you you had two years. We're not good yet. Bye. And it's like, you know, and that's, well, luckily that's we like, haven't had that problem in Green Bay. I mean, and we've had our complaints about McCarthy, sure. But this is yeah. But know, I will never first take, world take for granted the fact that we have that stability. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like first I said, this problems. is first world problems. We're sitting here with a coach that we've had for eleven years. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it sucks. But it can always be worse, folks. It can always be worse. Much. <laughs> but you know what doesn't suck? Pack to the future dot com. Pack to the future dot com. <laughs> there you go. Good one. You can always uh go to pack to the future dot com. You can get our podcast. You can get uh like four or five other podcasts. You get the official Pack to the Future podcast, the sweep with Fred Thurston. Uh, Bleeding Green and Gold, I think, is a new podcast on there. Yeah. Packers and Law. Uh, I mean, it's just Packers podcast after Packers podcast. You could you could fill your whole day listening to uh, to the podcasts on there. So go check it out. You get that articles, uh, player profiles, play breakdowns, you name it. PackToTheFuture dot com. Uh, everything you need uh, in terms of Packers. Uh, Twitter. At Blue Cheese Radio, at Radiation Mike, at Titletown Tie, hit us up, give us the follow, and uh, we will uh, we will return the favor. Uh, <laughs> we'll all be friends here. You give me your friendship, I'll give you mine. Uh, Facebook.com, hit that like, 
button, and uh, you will get uh, updated on when the show drops first thing on facebook.com backslash blue cheese radio. Uh, iTunes, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, uh, never miss an episode, and of course a blue cheese mailbag. If you have any questions, send it there. Probably never answer it. I, I haven't checked it in forever. But one of these, <laughs> once the season's over and we got a lot of free time to fill, we're gonna we'll get back to to people questions. We can get rid of uh, you know, kind of. I guess we're on a not a schedule, but what what am I thinking of? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, format. Yeah. Regular season format. There we go. Uh, so it doesn't give us a lot of free time to do uh much outside of that or because as as you've all noticed we've been going two hours for the past few months <laughs> now that the season's in 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 full gear so um but yeah do all that shit <laughs> yeah follow us on twitter like us on facebook subscribe to us on itunes and check out back to the future.com uh but that'll do it for us this week uh, I am tired. I'm delirious. I am ready for bed. Ty, anything left that you want to say to these fine folks before we get out of here? Hit the hay and get ready to play the Buccaneers. I just keep your fingers Run that crossed. Tape. We get <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. We get the crappy chocolates on Sunday. Yeah, let's get the all Elmers. I can say. Um, let's get the Elmers. Yeah, get the Elmers. Get that W. Eat the W's and keep pushing for those playoffs. Yes. Run the table 2.0. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We're going to do it. It's going to be a magical season of ups and downs. It's going to be the best episode of America's Game you bitches will ever see. Oh, yeah. Calling it. Calling it right now. And it starts Sunday. Packers and Buccaneers. Uh, and we'll be back next week to recap that game and uh, look forward to our next victory against the Cleveland Browns. Um, But until then, I'm Mike. And I'm Ty. And there is your dagger! No, no, no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger! Dagger!